Asshole Court is a bi-weekly podcast in which a group of lifelong friends choose a controversial public figure and examine their history through available public records and various publications to determine if that person is as much of an asshole as the general public suspects. We rate the subjects on a not-so-scientific scale, ranging from Mr. Rogers to Hitler, 1 to 11, and average out the three scores in the end for our final number. Just a reminder, our judgment has no legal weight, is strictly an opinion, and is subject to change at any time, especially in the case of new evidence. It shouldn't be taken seriously, so just don't. Have you ever been around someone that just makes you nervous all the time? One of those people that you just don't know what the fuck they may do next, what they may say, or what kind of trouble you may get in just by being around them. Look, we didn't grow up on the mean streets by any stretch, but there were a few guys I remember being around as a teenager and young adult that I look back on and definitely question my decision making. The subject of today's show feels like he would definitely fit that role, and from the number of times he's been in the news for beating someone's ass, legally or illegally, the shoe seems to fit. Conor McGregor went from a loudmouth UFC fighter to, well, a loudmouth celebrity that seems to be all over the internet and television for both right and wrong reasons. The proud Irishman reached championship heights in his fighting career, his businesses have made hundreds of millions of dollars, and with his gift of gab, he's his own best promoter. So the end will most likely be up to him. The question is how the end will come. Will he finish his fighting career, temper his taste for public pugilism, bank off his booze and ride off into the sunset? Or will the outspoken personality aka fucking loud mouth of his find a way into the cancel culture whirlwind we live in now or worse maybe even a jail cell we're going to hopefully put some clarity to the actions of the bearded badass so put on your tights throw on your badass ring intro music and punch the closest person next to you as we dive into the conor mcgregor episode of asshole court All right, boys. So the show tonight, Conor McGregor came off of our Patreon poll. Hey, absolutely. So we actually had a tie at the top for uh, mm-hmm. Conor McGregor and Tony Robbins. So Tony we said, Robbins. That's right. So we're gonna fucking listen uh, to listen to the people. I'd like to see them fight. To be honest, Tony yeah. Robbins and Conor McGregor. Tony Robbins. I mean, obviously Conor McGregor has the fighting edge, but Tony Robbins is a, is a large man. He's, He's got, got that reach, man. man. Uh, it wouldn't matter. I think it might be more interesting than you think, though. Dude, Conor McGregor boxed Floyd Mayweather for 10 rounds. Like uh, He got boxed got by Floyd Mayweather. Let's I be know, real. I know. But I'm just saying, I don't think Tony Bro, Robbins would no. be much of a But if he, could, if he could somehow get him into a ground and pound situation, it's unlikely. I'm just saying, either one, whoever loses, I win. This is true. There will be a loser. Yes. And out of those two, you want one I'd to be lose. okay seeing Tony Robbins get his fucking spark knocked out. <laughs> it's all right with me. So, yeah, we listened to the people. We gave you uh, both of what you want. So much appreciated and uh, continue with that support on Patreon. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, definitely appreciate it. Awesome. All right, boys, let's get some pre-show scores for Conor McGregor. Mikey, kick us off. 
so I like combat sports, but I've, I've fallen away from mixed martial arts probably since the mid-2000s and mostly spend my time watching boxing. I did, I'm familiar with his fights with like Nate Diaz and, uh, you know, when he fought, obviously fought Floyd Mayweather and stuff like that, but as a person, he's a fucking cocksucker, dude. Like, <laughs> I mean, he is. Like, it's just like it's fine to. I, I get you have to be brash. You know, there's a, the brashness of a, like a Muhammad Ali, where you, this is how you sell fights. Right. Sure. It's uh, some people enjoy being the heel. Interestingly enough, Floyd Mayweather made more money in his life by being the heel than he did when he was actually like when he was Pretty Boy Floyd. Right. right. Like, yeah. I mean, that's really when he was like people want to pay money to see you lose. Yeah. And if you don't, they really want to see you lose <laughs> next time. Yeah. And that model worked very well for Floyd Mayweather. And a lot of people picked up off that and stuff like that. I mean, you see guys like uh, like Tank Davis um, or Adrian Broner and stuff like that. That's that's sort of they're like they run that style. But in real life, he's an asshole, too. And that's sort of a bummer, you know, like it's whatever. Um the brashness and stuff like that is annoying to me. But aside from some stuff that we'll get into here, I'm sure on the show, uh, there's not a million things there that I'm like, all right, you know, he's an asshole. So I'll put him, I'll put him at a 5.85 to start. All right. 5.85 for Mikey. Buddy, what you got pre-show for Conor McGregor? All right. So for me, um, you guys know I'm not a big sports guy or MMA guy, UFC guy. But Conor McGregor is somebody that I have heard of. Right. Um, yep. So, you know, I, I heard there was a lot of uh, noise with the Floyd Mayweather fight. And, yep. of course, over TMZ over the past couple of years, you know, you're always you see all the little clickbait articles that oh, come yeah. out and stuff like that. Mm, but he is like the king <clears throat> of the clickbait article. Yeah, 100 yeah, percent. Absolutely. 100 percent. So you always see him on there going crazy. I know a little bit about him going into it. So, you know, that's where. I can say a little bit more confidently than I have in previous episodes um, where I'm just like, I don't know. We're just going to kind of see what's going on. But I have heard a couple of <laughs> stories about Connor mm-hmm. um, that I'm sure we're going to get into over the course of the episode. But, um, yeah, no, I, I think he's definitely um, very brazen and outspoken, outlandish and uh, says some crazy stuff, does some crazy stuff. So while I don't know a lot about him, I know enough to score him. And uh, pre-show, uh, I was looking at our past people that we've had in the courtroom and uh you know i just keep on coming back around to that 6.0 of steven seagal all right Mm -hmm. um which i find is a good place to start off our boy connor with so pre-show i've got him at a 6.0 all right good deal randy bring us home all right good deal so i kept up with combat sports like mikey said so probably the mid 2000s and then the the sheen kind of wore off for a while and if you ask any like true mma guy though there was a little bit of a, a dead period for a while there but this guy knows how to play the game. I mean, when you talk about, like, I kind of mentioned in the intro, being your own personal hype man, like, to your point, Mikey, he plays the heel, mm-hmm. and he does it well, and it's made him a rich dude. Oh, yeah. um, but I've seen I've seen a lot of the shit we'll talk about in the show in terms of, like, shit he did in the news, why he's getting arrested, all this kind of shit. Mm-hmm. And it does kind of show, like, deep down, this guy has high potential to be a serious asshole. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. You know what I mean? He yeah, does I think it, he nailed it when he said, like, just being around him would be uncomfortable. Yeah, he's one of those guys, right? You guys know the guys I was talking about. Sure. When we were growing up, yeah. they would come over to a party, and you're like, fuck me. Uh-oh. Yeah. Here and it goes. Know, does this guy have a gun? Does he, is he, what is he selling? You know, is it about, about to it's, get hit. It's, yeah. you know? it's about to pop off at some point. You're yeah. just waiting. Yep. You yeah. can feel the tension in the crowd. Oh, for <laughs> you sure. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. So anyway. Their priest- names are. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, so I pre-show is funny enough, buddy. I had him at a 6.0 as well. Oh, okay. Uh, right in line with Steven Seagal. Uh, <laughs> it always comes it, back it always to Steven. It back to Steven Seagal. That's all right. I'd like to see him fight Steven Seagal, too. Oh, Steven Seagal's oh, losing that shit real quick. Yeah. I don't know. He's got some kung fu. He's got nothing. Dude, so I don't know. So you think Tony Robbins would give him a better fight than Steven Seagal? I do, actually, now. <laughs> what if Steven Seagal fought Tony Robbins? Then I would go Tony Robbins. What? Have you seen Steven Seagal lately? All that man has is a hemorrhoid pillow. I know, He doesn't man, even but... fucking stand up in his movies anymore. He's a fucking character. He's a oh, joke. But he can take Tony Robbins. I'd fight Steven Seagal for money. I got money on Steven. If anybody out there knows how to get in touch <laughs> with Steven Seagal or his agent. Give me six months please, to train. Please, please make this happen. Oh, uh, and Mike, you would fight him at what, 160 pounds? Well, if I cut weight. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. You'd get in fighting fight weight. Fighting weight, yeah. Seagal be... shows up as is, whatever he wants to do with oh, it. Oh, no. that's not, I mean, I can't, money I, can't, I, can't, I can't get 67, 80 pounds on me. You know what I'm saying? That's... <laughs> That motherfucker weighs almost 300 pounds. I know, I know. He needs to cut weight, too. I need him to come in drained. But what, is, what if he comes in at like 260 and like roundhouses your face? Well, then I lose, but I better get paid. But I was going to, all right, so what would be the payment? He can't what, roundhouse anyways. What would you do? If we could get him on live on AHC mm, podcast, yeah. it, would you do it for free if he would do a spot on our show? Fuck no. I don't want to be around that guy. He's definitely paying me for that shit. And plus, he would want to rechange his score to what he thought it should be. You know, 1.0. 1.0. Uh, no. The scale should I'm talking be about, I want from to, Steven Seagal. Meet, meet, meet me at catch weight, right? I'll, I'm fine. We'll split the difference between... Uh, I'll, I'll say, uh, meet, meet at one... 157. Come in, Drain. <laughs> no fucking way that guy's cutting weight. All right. I'm not fighting a guy that weighs 100 pounds more than me. <laughs> Unless I get paid really well for the brain damage. My family's got to fucking <laughs> be able to hold I got to eat, man. All right. With a 5.85 from Mikey, a 6.0 from Buddy, and a 6.0 from Randy, Conor McGregor's pre-show asshole score is a 5.95. All right, 5.95. Funny enough, he fits right in between two other fighters. Mike Tyson mm -hmm. at 5.91 mm -hmm. and Steven Seagal at 6.0. Okay. Oh, yeah. so oddly enough, it would be just pre-show be Mike Tyson, then Conor McGregor, then Steven Seagal. That's in good, good territory right there. Good yeah. company. I feel like our calibration is getting better. I think so. Good stuff. All right. We ready to fucking kick this thing's ass. Let's do it. Let's do it. Conor Anthony McGregor was born on July 18th, 1988 in Crumlin, a southwest suburb of Dublin, Ireland, the son of Tony and Margaret McGregor. Tony worked as a taxi driver for more than 25 years and in a 2016 interview revealed how as a newlywed couple, he and Margaret saved up for years for a house of their own in Crumlin. That was what you did as a working class person. You didn't go to university or college. You got married and had kids and became a man early on in life. I drove a taxi for 26 years, which I loved, although I worked nights around the clock, so I was like Dracula. There's not a lot out there in terms of what Connor's mom did for a living, but he definitely came from a blue collar working class family was also a little intrigued about the town he's from, Crumlin. Fucking Irish as fuck. Yeah. I like to imagine that his dad was on Taxi Cab Confessions like Belfast. <laughs> so what are you up to tonight? He said, you look like you're having a good time, aren't you? <laughs> oh, you know, just looking for a good time. Yeah, just looking for some dick. <laughs> Going to bomb a car. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's our that. friends in Ireland are going to be like, hey, man. What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> that turned darker real Sorry, quick. Shawnee. Randy. <laughs> sorry, Shawnee. Oh, friends. that's right, Shawnee. Damn, my bad. It's a southwest neighborhood of Dublin, like I mentioned. 
And from the little bit of research I did on it, it's old as fuck. And there isn't a whole lot going on there other than a big-ass hospital. When I say it's old, it's European old. I think in America, oftentimes we forget about how old the rest of the world is. We see a building from 1840 and we're all, damn, that's pre-Civil War. And then you read about Crumlin and how its church was built in the 1100s. It was part of like multiple kings' lands of chilling back in the 1200s. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy to wrap your head around sometimes like how old the rest yeah. of the world is. Yeah. yeah, 100%. Ancient. Connor was an athletic young man, and if you've ever heard him talk, you can imagine he didn't shy away from confrontation. But in Crumlin, bullying was a way of life and a bit of a writ of passage. At one point, things got so bad that McGregor said he put a dumbbell in his backpack and left it slightly open so he could reach in and use it as a weapon. He never had to, fortunately, but his experience with his bullies was enough to encourage him to learn to defend himself. While he was a pretty good soccer player, as most young athletic European dudes are, he got into kickboxing around the age of 12. He said, I started with kickboxing, then did some boxing and moved to jiu-jitsu. I was trying to learn every way and be comfortable in any situation. Where I came from, fights and things like that just happened. You could be playing football with a group of friends against another group, and all of a sudden a fight breaks out. Well, maybe these things would happen and other kids would just completely forget about it. I went off and sat and thought, hmm, maybe I should have moved this way or should have reacted that way and it could have been better. Eventually, I realized this was all I could think about. So he's, like, critique, <laughs> he's critiquing his fighting from like a young age. But, but I feel like that's normal. Like you lose a fight, you're like, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. If I had not taken that punch to the face, yeah. things would feel different, Man, look different. I, People would think of like that'd be a lot if, cooler. If you had to pull my shirt over my head. Yeah. I hadn't gotten beat up so bad. Yeah, no one's ever like, I got my ass kicked, but uh, you know, whatever. Let's just keep rolling. <laughs> Mental note. That one. Yeah. Don't let him give me a wedgie next time. Yeah. An atomic wedgie. <laughs> From the front. Oh, rip your jockeys right off your ball sack, mate. <laughs> I thought my accent was bad. That's, <laughs> that's otherworldly. Connor loved mixed martial arts and wanted to pursue it, much to the chagrin of his father, who wanted him to have a more steady-paying job. Makes sense? In an interview with Men's Health, Connor revealed that he was a plumber before his obsession with fighting persuaded him to leave his job and pursue combat sports full-time. The decision was unpopular with his father, who McGregor said gave him daily ass whoopings to get him to go back to his job. I learned some defense from my old man, he says. His father explained that he simply looked out for Connor's well-being, but when Connor quit the plumbing job, he was concerned. He said, like any parent, I was concerned about his future, and even when he got the plumbing job, we had a terrible time getting him to show up, Elder McGregor said. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. He said he wasn't into it at all. It was a real nightmare to try to get him to get up and go. I remember the moment I knew he wasn't going to be a plumber. It was a Monday morning. I went in to wake him up, and I just remember him peering out from under the blanket and saying, look, this isn't for me. And goddamn, that one hits home. Yeah. My 17-year-old still acts like I'm trying to wake the dead at like 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And let's be honest, if Conor McGregor wasn't a cage fighter, I could definitely see him walking out of like a 7-Eleven, Wawa, quick trip, one of those mm -hmm. mega gas stations. Hot dog and a cigarette. I was about to say, 6.45 in the morning, two energy drinks, a hot dog and a vape, yeah. rocking yep. some like work boots and the Oakleys backwards on his head. The guy I hit in the car this week. That's what he looked like. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Mikey uh, was involved in an accident this That's week. That's right. Yep. Yeah. With hit. Conor McGregor. Well, yeah, no, but it, it would be it would be a Conor McGregor. He had a ass. hot dog wrapper and he the, definitely energy was, drinks in his truck. I it, it worked out well for me. Me because when the cop arrived, I had a suit on, and this guy 
had uh, Oakley uh, blades on and was ripping a vape pen. <laughs> so even though it was 100% my fault, that cop was like, I don't know. I just can't see it really being this guy's fault. You sure he didn't slam on the brakes? Like, like, no ticket for you, sir. I was like, all right. I appreciate it. My business costume worked out for me today. <laughs> but you, the guy that got rear-ended, here's, yeah. your, here's your citation. <laughs> Her broken tail light, but he hit me. Yeah, right. See in court. What's in the vape, loser? <laughs> <laughs> and not that there's anything wrong with those guys, because we have a lot Absolutely of guys not. that are are great buddies that yeah. are those guys. Well, yes. and this guy was fantastic. Very nice guy. Yeah. Ne- never an issue at all. Very cool. We actually uh, fist bumped as I <laughs> drove off. Nice. Sorry, man. Hey. Yeah. And you know what? As a cop, that's probably like the coolest way to end yeah. it. Uh, they fist bumped and we walked off. And, like that's how I would end my report. Yeah, if I was yeah. like a real poetic officer, like mm-hmm. writing my reports. Fist bump. And as the accident concluded, the scene was ending. The two parties involved came together one last time, shared a fist bump and a congratulatory celebration of the rest yeah. of the day, or something like <laughs> Have that. Have a good day, man. I was like, my bad. Cops said, "What happened?" I was like, "I fucked up." <laughs> <laughs> McGregor's first professional mixed martial arts fight took place in a tiny basketball gym in Dublin. He was deep on the undercard, so unknown that an hour before the bell was supposed to ring, nobody noticed he hadn't shown up yet. 30 minutes later, his coach, John Cavanaugh, realized his prodigy was missing. He called McGregor's phone, but it was turned off. 20 minutes until fight time, still nothing. Finally, as everyone was preparing for a forfeit in the next card, McGregor burst through the door. He jumped straight into the ring, says Owen Roddy, McGregor's striking coach. Bounced around, cracked his man a few times, knocked him out, and bounced out of the ring. Then he went and had a few pints for good measure. McGregor's origin story is well known. It's part of his allure. The Irish lad from southwest Dublin working class neighborhood gets bullied in school, joins a boxing gym to learn how to fight off his attackers. As the story goes, he comes from nothing and works his way to the top. Isn't that the Daniel LaRusso story? Also, the Mike Tyson story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, Mike Tyson story rings yeah. pretty damn close to that. Yeah, yep. A lot of those guys get picked on. Better figure something out, especially if it's like legit mean streets because you're going to have to keep fighting. It's not <laughs> yeah. just that one time. <laughs> yeah. It's not yeah. like you pass it. Te- yeah. It's not like you beat the guy at the end of the level no. and like you level up and go yeah. on. No, the next no. day, you're like, I'm going to have to fight somebody else God probably. It, I better yeah. get good at His this. His friend. And he's yeah. got lots of friends. Getting hurt. You're getting beat up. Hurts. You know, they showed that in the the Hulu special on Mike Tyson, mm-hmm. or it's called like Mike or yeah. just Tyson yeah. or whatever Tyson. it is. Yeah. And like the whole first episode, it just shows little Mike running like yeah. down the streets trying to avoid it and yeah. just getting beat up. And then all yeah. of a sudden you just see the snap. Yeah. And he tears somebody up real yeah. quick. And- it's kind of mind blowing. I mean, you talk to people that a lot of people have never been in fights. Yeah. And then, like I said, I'm always like, even winning a fight fucking hurts. Like, oh, the next yeah. Day, oh, yeah. You're fucking, you might break your hand. Yeah. yeah. Your like, fucking knee, everything, is, it gets fucking torn oh, up. Oh, because, yeah, like you fun. said, you win the fight, and, like, at the end, you might be on top of the guy punching him in the head. Mm-hmm. You're punching someone's bone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah. your bone. Yeah. Like, it's not like the movies. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not like, you like, and it makes that <laughs> sound. No, you're like, God dang it. Yeah, it's not. No, I like, the last time I got in a fight, I the next day, my uh, hand was the size of a fucking balloon. Yeah. It's awful. That sick thud. It's not. Yeah. It, yeah, it doesn't make a snapping sound. It can. Yeah, when it does, it's scary. You're yeah. like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> someone's, <laughs> someone's going to fucking hospital. Yeah. You might have changed your life, guy that won that fight. Looks like you better <laughs> get real ready for fighting in prison. <laughs> Tired of commercials in the middle of your asshole court episodes? Do you want to say in the next show's subject or the next conspiracy we discuss? Well, now you can. Go to patreon.com and find us at AHC Podcast. 
Get those ad-free shows you want, get some input on who you want to hear about, and become internet famous with a shout-out on one of our shows. We've even got stickers and swag to show off to all your friends, and you'll get all our new Conspiracy Court episodes. Go to patreon.com today and find us at AHC Podcast. In 2009, as the rise of McGregor began, his country's economy was crumbling, so Kavanaugh gave McGregor a job teaching boxing at the SBG gym to help supplement his unemployment check. McGregor resumed regular training with an eclectic group of fighters. We turned up every day to John's place, said Patty Holahan, one of the fighters. That's Hell a yeah, fucking Irish, Irish name. Oh, man, that's an that's Irish name. the most name. Irish name of all time. Patty Holahan, yeah. We were in the shed, closed off to the world. In tiny gyms around Ireland, McGregor reeled off eight straight wins after starting his career 4-2. and two. With each victory, he became more arrogant and defiant. Even as far back as 2011, he was lambasting other fighters on Irish message boards. He defended his Cage Warrior Championship, and the UFC signed him to a five-fight contract. Sounds great, right? No. McGregor's career was definitely trending in the right direction, but the dude was fucking broke. Mm -hmm. In April 2013, on his way to the airport for the first fight in Stockholm, Sweden, McGregor cashed his last unemployment check. After TKOing the journeyman Marcus Brimage in the first round that Saturday, he earned $16,000 for the victory and another $60,000 for knockout of the night. Yeah. Right people don't realize, though, that, like I said, you have to pay your whole team. Oh, yeah. You have yeah. to pay your health insurance. You have to pay all that. Oh, like, yeah. you see these prize purses, when they get to the level where it's huge, but UFC never pays very well no, unless you're a superstar. Yeah. But, like, you see these guys that are, like, pro boxers, and they're basically, like, journeymen, and you're like, dude, yeah, you got paid $10,000 tonight, but... You spent like three months prepping for this fight. You've got to pay your fucking cut man. You've got to pay your fucking manager. Yep. You've got to pay your travel. you got to pay your hotels. You're walking out of there with like a thousand bucks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They showed that pretty well in, uh, what was it, The Fighter? Yes. Uh, you know, they Mickey just kind of. Yeah. And yeah. they were just kind of doing the breakdown of yeah. everything. He was like, yeah. you know, they would go out there to Atlantic City and, you know, like win yeah. like 50,000. But then by the end of the night, he was like pocketing maybe 12 yeah. or something yeah. like that. And, that you know? and, and Mickey Ward, honestly, like the. Probably one of the top three fights I've ever seen in my entire life was him and Arturo Gotti. Yep. Uh, the first fight, especially round nine, is just mind blowing or whatever. That guy, if he hadn't had that fight, like his life would look very different because he he was constantly just scraping by. You know? Yeah, and he was a good fighter. Yeah, yeah. And it's whatever. Yep. Right after the fight, McGregor jumped in the ring. He said, "Just last week, I was collecting the social welfare." McGregor said. I was in there saying to him, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm signed to the UFC. I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. Now I suppose I just have to tell them to go fuck off. To be honest, I don't know what's going on here. I'm just up here hearing 60000 bucks. I'm thinking of what I'm going to spend it on. Maybe a nice car and some suits or something. Some custom-made suits. I don't know. I'm making money here. I didn't have money before this, you know. Like I said, I was collecting 160 euros a week off the social welfare. And here I am. I've got a 60G bonus and my own pay. He reminds me if uh, if Axl Rose had become a good fighter. <laughs> yeah, he looks <laughs> like it. He does. There's, yeah. there's something about him. I'm like, yes, they're, somehow they're brothers or something like that. I just tell him to fuck off. <laughs> yeah. I bet hanging out with those two would be so intense. I, about three hours in, oh. I'd be tapped out. Man. Yeah, I'd be for like, life. Yeah, you got any Xanax, dude? Because I'm fucking keyed up. <laughs> McGregor got his foot in the door at the UFC and took full advantage. He's a 24-7 personal hype machine, and the attention he would build up for his fights was almost WWE-like. He set himself up for a chance at a championship in 2015 
against one of the best pound-for-pound fighters of all time, Jose Aldo. The fight against Aldo was announced on January 13, 2015 for UFC 183, and both McGregor and Aldo embarked on a 12-day world tour during which eight cities and five countries were visited, including Aldo's home country of Brazil and McGregor's hometown of Dublin, Ireland. However, on June 23rd, it was reported that Aldo had suffered a rib fracture and had pulled out of the bout as a consequence. McGregor remained on the card and was rescheduled to face Chad Mendez for the interim featherweight championship. The official attendance for the event was 16,019 people, which broke the record in Nevada, who had a gate of 7,200,000. Mm-hmm. So 16,000 sounds like a, a low number, and it is compared to like, oh, an NFL game. But yeah. these venues they have them in Smaller, are yeah. small. Like yeah. even even huge boxing events like Canelo fights, a lot of times will happen like T-Mobile Arena yeah. in Las Vegas or something like that. I mean, it's very rare. And that's where a lot of UFC fights are too. Exactly. It's, it's very rare to see them like do something at like uh, a major stadium. It's just, also it, is, it doesn't, uh, it's not great for that anyways. You want to get nosebleed seats and see two dudes fight from, you from know, the nosebleed. Right. Yeah, yeah. It does, that's yeah. why it doesn't work a lot of times. That's why a lot of the fights, like a lot of fights happen at like Madison Square Gardens, but it happens in the basement. Like until you get to the huge, huge level, like Lomachenko's first seven or eight fights, he's at Madison Square Gardens, but he's in the lower part. So, huh. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, it makes sense, but it's still, uh, the gate is only part of the draw for that too, you know? Yeah. No. And the 7.2 million gate broke the record for an MMA event yeah. in the U S prior to the fight, McGregor's entrance song, the foggy Dew," was sung live by none other than Irish singer songwriter, Sinead O'Connor. Really? Oh, Sinead. Yeah. Nothing compared to the moment. Nice. nice. I was waiting for that one. McGregor won the fight via TKO winning the UFC interim featherweight championship. The fanfare that followed was like no other. With a belt around his waist, Connor was emerging as the face of the UFC, whether Dana White, president of the UFC, liked it or not. Injuries and recovery complete, the match with Aldo was still on the table. The fight was announced for December 12, 2015, and would be for the UFC Featherweight Championship. At the weigh-ins, both McGregor and Aldo hit weight right at 145, and the shit-talking led up to the match was epic. However, the fight didn't live up to the hype. McGregor knocked out Aldo 13 seconds into the first round with a left hook, mm-hmm. snapping Aldo's seven-year-long WEC and UFC title reign and 18-fight win streak to claim the title, earning Performance of the Night bonus as well. Yeah. Holy shit. 13 seconds It was in? the fastest knockout in a title bout in UFC history. This, yeah, when he hit his peak, I mean, he was, he was uh, a very, very good fighter. So here's how the fight went. I can tell you because it was only 13 seconds mm-hmm. long. They said fight, and the two guys get there, and they got their fists out, and they're kind of dancing and back and forth, right? And they throw a couple little fists, and then they almost throw a punch at the exact same time. Yeah. But McGregor started his just a little sooner, Mm -hmm. and he caught Aldo square. And Aldo caught him square, Mm -hmm. but he hit him first and had all the the juice behind it. And Aldo fell forward. Well, McGregor got hit, but then he came on top and hammer punched him twice, and the ref just jumped in and stopped it. It it. doesn't fucking hurt that Conor McGregor has straight up orangutan arms. (laughs) His fucking reach is freakish. Like he's there's certain people are built for certain things, and you're like, dude, you're fucking straight knuckle dragging, homie. Like his 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 wrists are at his knees. Like a caveman. Yes, when you see him do his like famous cocky strut, look at those arms. You're like, you look like you 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 honestly. If this doesn't work out for you, you can go and uh, be one of those uh, inflatable guys at a used car dealership, yeah, just flopping, yeah. flailing, yeah. After the highlight reel knockout of Aldo McGregor's spotlight shined that much brighter. 
On September 27, 2016, McGregor TKO'd Eddie Alvarez to win the UFC Lightweight Championship. That result marked the first time a competitor had held UFC championships in two different weight classes at the same time. With all the fame and now fortune that he worked so hard to get, McGregor wanted to take his name and brash image into ventures outside the UFC. In 2017, he had signed endorsement deals with Anheuser-Busch at Beats by Dre, Monster Energy, Reebok, Bud Light, Burger King, and Rolls-Royce. Financially, he was doing quite well. But the next six years would put Conor McGregor's name from being one that most young male adults would recognize to one that your grandma may know about. But it wouldn't be without Conor always getting himself into a little bit of hot water. In November 2017, McGregor's fighting teammate Charlie Ward made his debut at Bellator 187 in Dublin against John Redman. Ward knocked out Redman in round one, and McGregor jumped in the cage to celebrate the win while the fight was not officially over yet. McGregor was separated by the referee Mark Goddard, and Goddard needed to verify the knockout before the bell and to ensure the lockdown of the cage for medical staff to assess the health of the knocked out Redman. McGregor charged towards the referee Goddard while he pushed and confronted Goddard in a wild melee, he also checked on the down Redmond and knocked him down while he was trying to get up. McGregor did a lap around the cage after he exited the cage a few minutes later, then climbed and straddled the cage apron to continue the celebration. Jeez. These shenanigans are brought to you by oh, it gets, cocaine. <laughs> it gets better. This is my favorite part of this whole little incident. He was stopped by a commissioner. McGregor, agitated, slapped the commissioner's face. Redmond stated that the, after the fight that Goddard intended to, to let the fight continue to round two, but that the Mohegan Sun Commission, which oversaw the event, elected to end the fight due to McGregor's behavior in the ring. Yeah. So he pretty much got in the ring and then slapped the dude on the way out. He's fucking tuned up on coke, man. man. Thing is, the UK and Ireland, I think they may be the thirstiest coke hounds of the entire world. <laughs> you can, I don't know, Sean and the pretty, boys, you can tell me. We got a pretty good audience uh, over there. We do. You guys, we, you know you love cocaine. Uh, you go out on the weekends <laughs> and you drink a pint and you do some coke with your friends. They did like a, a test on like the sewage water in like the, in London and they were like, my God, it's all cocaine. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, they, they love the coke. So uh, now if you're a young lad from uh, the mean streets of Dublin yeah. and you've just stumbled into tons of money. <laughs> You were doing coke anyways, but only for like, you know, fun. Like it was like a, a highlight of the weekend. Now you can just live off of cocaine. What she was doing. That's a fact. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> On June 14th, 2017, it was announced that McGregor would compete in his first professional boxing match against the undefeated Floyd Mayweather Jr. On August 26th, 2017, at the aforementioned T-Mobile Arena in Paradise, Nevada, a.k.a. The Strip. That's exactly right. Yep. And I remember, I just I just remember fucking casuals being like, I don't know, man. And I was like, <laughs> dude, it's a boxing match. Yeah. Like, Floyd Mayweather is the one, is like one of the best to ever do this. And no matter what you think about Floyd Mayweather, one of the best He's to ever great. do it. And it was a match that was just perfect for conor mcgregor oh, you know yeah. what i'm saying like floyd Mayweather. by that time his hands were fucking peanut brittle yeah you know what i'm saying he can't it doesn't like pretty boy floyd was knocking motherfuckers dead money mayweather was like i will dodging punches. i will dodge yeah. you and i will make the you know i'll like seriously no knockouts at that point really almost at all uh but i still was like y'all are crazy if you think that like there's really an opportunity here and i'll never forget in that fight like when mayweather knocked the boogers out of fucking Conor McGregor's nose 
And I'm pretty sure there's a, a big fucking stringy wad of Spider-Man-esque <laughs> cocaine flinging out of his head. Go Google it, man. He fucking lands that one, and I'm talking... It looks like something out of uh, Nickelodeon. <laughs> Got slime. Got yeah. slime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the fight was for the quote unquote money belt. According to the Nevada State Athletic Commission, Mayweather would earn a guaranteed purse of $100 million and McGregor a guaranteed $30 million. The match resulted in Mayweather winning via TKO in the 10th round with the scorecards reading 87 83, 89 82. In 89-81, all in favor of Mayweather. Mm-hmm. The Nevada State Athletic Commission announced the live gate for the event was over $55 million from 13094 tickets sold. Quick math, $4,200 a ticket. Sounds about right. That was a big deal. It's like Super Bowl. It was a fucking huge deal. Yeah. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, like yeah, Super yeah. Bowl ticket. Given the success in pay-per-views, Mayweather reportedly earned around $280 million overall while McGregor came out earning about $130 million. Wow. I'll be honest, McGregor McGregor performed better than I thought he would. He gassed hard. He did, and he he never really posed a threat, and at one point you could kind of tell it felt like Mayweather was just kind of letting the fight go on. Yeah, he was making it interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, I don't think there was there was ever a moment that there was like oh, I don't know. Yeah, like even when he connected, he actually landed a decent uppercut on Mayweather at one point, and he just looked noodle armed, looked dead, like he had yeah. nothing behind it anymore. His uh, stamina wasn't there. Again, say whatever you want about Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, but that dude will legitimately get up tomorrow at fifty years old and go run twelve miles. Yep. and then come in and fight. Yeah, yep. and and then also beat up his wife because he also does that. <laughs> oh damn, his girlfriend. <laughs> Now that he was filthy fucking rich, his entrepreneurial options were wide open. One of the recent trends over the past few years was to see celebrities start their own liquor companies. George Clooney, The Rock, and all right, all right, all right, Matt McConaughey, just to name a few. In September 2018, McGregor launched Proper Number 12 Irish Whiskey in Ireland and the United States. The whiskey is named after the Crumlin neighborhood in Dublin 12 in which McGregor grew up. Mm. Are you guys familiar with uh, the different districts of real estate? Or sections are called, uh, like section eight. Yeah, section eight was like for housing. So they would yeah. essentially section off each town. Yeah, yeah. And like I want to say, was section five was for the schools. Okay. Another section was for churches. Another okay. section was for housing. Um. Yeah. So each and then section, section eight was for low income. Section eight had its own, like it wasn't like government aid because it was this shit was established a long time ago, mm. but. It when you when you read the definition like oh that's where section eight housing came from okay yeah you sense. read it but yeah like but like I said like one section was for schools one section yeah. was for churches and if you look at the it was all gridded yeah yeah, yeah. and if you look at the sections they would lay them out so you kind of knew see I didn't know that at all I, I'm interested because I thought uh, proper twelve proper number twelve was like oh it's a proper twelve years old like many uh-huh. fine whiskeys instead it's named after his neighborhood yeah it's just yeah. his neighborhood that's right yeah I'm not a big whiskey guy so I don't know. In 2021, it was reported that McGregor and his business partners sold their majority stake in the company to Proximo Spirits, who previously had a 49% stake for a deal reportedly worth $600 million. Jeez. Yeah. Yep, so they sold the rest of the business for $600 million bucks. Wow. No telling how much he cleared on it, but it's still probably a lot. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Even a sixth of that. You know? uh, yeah, exactly. Mm. But with all this attention that McGregor was putting on his fight with Mayweather and his whiskey brand, he had put his UFC duties on the back burner, so much so that he was stripped of his featherweight championship belt in 2017 and his lightweight belt in 2018 due to inactivity. 
The lightweight champ they named in his absence was a dude named Khabib the Eagle. Mm-hmm. Namaga Nurma damn it, I, pra- I practiced I practiced it earlier, man. I Nurmatov. Nurmatov. Nurmagog let me practice. Nurma Nurma God damn it, I had it earlier and I was just, oh, That's why like, everybody just calls him Khabib. Khabib, that's right. Nurma Gatovikov? No. It's, it's close. <laughs> Nurmagomedov. Nurmagom Nurm Nurmagom. <laughs> Shit. This can is- we can we can we please put that into the beginning of the show? <laughs> just struggling with because <laughs> we would all do it it's a hard fucking name and I fucking YouTubed this guy talking about him and listened to him say it a few times I was like oh I guess it's Nurmagomedov there it is Nurmagomedov. there you go yeah. and if you know anything about mixed martial arts you're familiar with Khabib but if you aren't, just know that this guy is like LeBron James of MMA. Dude, I remember that fight, and I was like, watch it. And I, I didn't even follow MMA, and I was like, Khabib is going to beat his ass. And they were uh, like, fuck that, dude. Okay, so wait. So Khabib got won the uh, the belt due to inactivity on McGregor's part. Yes, but and then McGregor came back and fought him afterwards? Yes, that's exactly right. Okay. And during this time, Khabib was making his rise, and they were like, whoa, this guy is a badass. Gave him the belt. And now McGregor came back to get his belt. Okay, so now um, was McGregor just like, uh, I mean, purposefully was, fighting. not fighting yeah. just to hold on to like, I, I'm the... No, he wasn't ever done. He just was, he got, I think he just got sidetracked. Yeah, and, he was busy. Yeah, yeah, and he just was like, well, I'll, you know, I'll come back. And it was a fight that everybody wanted to see anyways, oh, which yeah. is what I'll give MMA credit for, or UFC particularly, is they make big fights happen. Oh, yeah. Boxing, it's like constantly like edging and having like the worst orgasm ever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're like, here we go, here we go. It's Errol Spence and fucking Bud Crawford. And they're like, no. Nah. You're like, ah. Oh. Oh. But that fight got Ruined. done up. That fight got yep. done up. And I I was like, dude, I, I, I don't even follow. I'm just telling you, Khabib is going to beat that ass, boy. So I said, he's kind of like the LeBron James of MMA. Some say he's the greatest of all time, but if you ask the old timers, they'll argue with you. Just kind of like the... Uh, Michael Jordan, LeBron, LeBron. Dan yeah, yeah. Severn, Dan Severn will do it. The fucking roided out Freud, like Freddie Mercury, will kill all of these young guys. To give you some idea, Khabib retired with an undefeated twenty-seven and zero record. Wow. Yep. Now that Khabib had his belt and the star of the UFC shining on him, McGregor decided he was going to come back and try to get what he rightfully thought was his. The fight was made for October sixth in two thousand eighteen, and there was a lot of shit talking and hype before the fight ever happened. On April 3rd of 18th, uh, Khabib and Artem Lobov had a minor altercation in which Khabib cornered Lobov at a hotel in Brooklyn. Lobov is known to be very close with McGregor. A couple months later, on April 5th, during a promotional appearance for UFC 223, McGregor and a group of about 20 others were led into Barclays Center by credentialed members of his promotional team. They attempted to confront Khabib, who was on a bus leaving the arena. McGregor ran up alongside the slowly moving bus and ran past it to grab a metal equipment dolly, which he then threw at the bus's window before trying to throw other objects in the vicinity. Yeah, I remember that. Two of the passengers in Khabib's party were injured by the shattered glass and sent to the hospital. They were soon removed from the card at the advice of the UFC medical team. Mm-hmm. Loboff was also pulled from his fight for his involvement in the dispute. Dana White said there was a warrant out for McGregor's arrest, and the NYPD said McGregor was a person of interest. White said McGregor told him via text message, this had to be done. Mm-hmm. You can imagine he's going to be sued beyond belief, White said, and denied suggestions that the violence was a publicity stunt intended to generate interest in the UFC. McGregor and others involved initially fled the Barclays Center after the incident, although he and fellow accused turned themselves in that night. McGregor was charged with three counts of assault, 
one count of criminal mischief, and he was further charged with menacing and reckless endangerment at his arraignment and released on $50,000 bail. This outburst brought to you by <laughs> cocaine and me- menacing cocaine. <laughs> yeah. McGregor- What's interestingly enough, too, is that Artem Lobov ended up fighting. Later on, they tried to start a bare knuckle uh, boxing really? uh, a league. And uh, Lobov ended up fighting this guy that was a, a decent fighter named Pauli Malinaji, who Pauli Malinaji had some legitimate belts, uh, but also was notoriously what you would call pillow fisted, like just couldn't knock people out. Right. And uh, I remember everybody was talking about like, oh, this would be an interesting thing to watch. Bare knuckle boxing hasn't been a legitimate sport for like a hundred fucking years. And there was a lot of discussion about, oh, well, you know, it's actually safer because, you know, they're not doing head damage. I swear. This was. I don't know about that. You know, I know. Well, it was. I was. And, you know, football safer without the, the helmet. Well, that's the yeah. They're saying, but that you have to be more careful about how you throw punches so you don't break your hands, so you're not throwing with full force, like whatever. But the joke was that uh, Lobov has notoriously short arms, so they were like, "Oh, it's the Tyrannosaurus Rex versus the pillow-fisted guy," and uh, and honestly, it was fucking bloody as shit. Like really? those dudes split themselves. I was I was disgusted, and it was oh, like, man. I think I've found my combat sport where I draw the line. <laughs> like, yeah. And like, he did beat uh, Malinaji and I was like, we we're all as boxing fans, we we're all like, oh, come on, Polly. Like yeah. Polly's actually a decent commentator, uh, or he was, or whatever, with Showtime and stuff like no, that. No, he's just kind of slow. Yeah. No, he knows he he, he, he he's actually like one of these Pauly guys. Malinaji. Polly Malinaji uh, honestly talks like he's he's like a guy from the Jersey Shore became a good boxer. Really? Yeah, oh, and he's okay. like, so the, so like it's like this, you know, the thing is like it's he's got a really good uh, you know, uh, a counter left. But he knows boxing very well, and he was a good enough boxer, like intelligently, that uh, it was like when you see the guy that becomes a great coach, yeah. but it was like a middling player. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and of it's sort of like that. But he did have some belts, but it was interesting to watch uh, him and Lobov fight in a bare knuckle uh, contest maybe about nice. four years ago. That's crazy. Wow. McGregor wound up pleading no contest to account of disorderly conduct and was ordered to perform five days of community service and attend anger management classes. I can imagine what it would be like to be, do community <laughs> service with Conor McGregor. I'm and sure he was your management classes well, with him. Well, that and I'm sure he wasn't like picking up trash on the side of the road or anything. But oh, everybody was pissed off at him oh. that was having to do it with him. That would be hilarious if he did have to go pick up trash. You get fucked. <laughs> Fuck you. And he throws a proper twelve bottle. I don't even have to deal with this shit. I yeah, no, that would that would not be great. Wouldn't like that. The pre-fight buildup to the McGregor-Khabib was huge, and the 2.4 million pay-per-view buys was the most ever for an MMA event. The fight itself was a good one. Khabib won the first two rounds on the judges' scorecard, and McGregor won the third round, the first professional round Khabib had ever lost. In the fourth round, Khabib got McGregor in a neck crank and made McGregor tap out. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. After the victory, Khabib scaled the octagon and tried to attack McGregor's teammate, Dylan Dennis, which resulted in all hell breaking out between the two teams. It's crazy to see how many times fights break out either after fights are over or they're still sure. going on. Yeah. Is this like WWE style? No, like very trying real. to like start no. the next fight or like no, get the no. hype up and stuff? No, it was they, real. There was a lot of bad blood because yeah, they talk like, a lot he, before the fight. Yeah. And, and because of the injuries to his team and stuff like that, Khabib. Also, Khabib ain't the type. Khabib don't give a shit. Yeah. Khabib is from legitimately like, uh, where is he's that? Russian. It's, but it's, well, it's well, he's like, Russian, but it's like Chechnya, yeah. basically. And uh, that dude is uh, he's, he's a fucking fighting machine. He doesn't give a shit. I don't even know if he cares about the money. Right. You know yeah. Like they, I would just. That's why I was like, dude, he's gonna fucking work his ass. We came here to drink beer and kick yeah. ass. Yeah. We're almost out of beer. Yeah. Yep. He's a prime example of if you see a man's ears, call a flower up, fucking step back. <laughs> yeah. Don't mess with him. That's exactly right. 
The Nevada State Athletic Commission filed a formal complaint against both McGregor and Khabib. Khabib and McGregor received indefinite bans at least until the official hearing, which took place in December 2018. On January 29th of 2019, they announced a six-month suspension for McGregor, retroactive to the date, and a $50,000 fine. He became eligible to compete again in April 16th of 2019. So, six-month suspension, fifty grand fine for the fight afterwards. That ain't okay. shit. One of the most serious accusations ever made against Conor McGregor were based off events that took place in a Dublin hotel room in December of 2018. The New York Times obtained the statement of claim filed by the woman in the case, which lays out her description of what happened. McGregor and the woman grew up in the same area and previously socialized in the same wider circles, according to the statement. In the early hours of December 9th, 2018, after exchanging what the lawsuit claimed flirtatious messages on Instagram with McGregor, the woman and a friend were picked up by McGregor's driver and taken to the Dublin Hotel along with one of McGregor's friends. The woman, who had been at work during a holiday party, believed that she would be partying with McGregor, the lawsuit said. In the car on the way to the hotel, a bag of cocaine was produced. Told you! <laughs> and the woman said she took some. This party brought to you by... Cocaine. There it is. Well, in the penthouse suite, the woman said in the statement of claim that she was beckoned to the bedroom by McGregor who asked her to perform a lewd act on him, which she refused. But what do you think it was? Oh. Rusty trombone. <laughs> I want you to come over here and lick my asshole and jerk me off like you're playing in a New Orleans jazz band. Oh, <laughs> uh, where's my spot? That's what she said. <laughs> That's what he said. Right there. McGregor began kissing the woman and removing her clothes over her protestations, the statement said. After she bit and hit McGregor, he wrapped his arms around her neck and lifted her up three times, after which she ceased fighting back. Damn, he was like doing fucking reps? Yeah. Jeez. McGregor then told her, that's how I felt in the octagon. I had to tap myself out three times. That's how I felt, the lawsuit said. McGregor <laughs> raped her, according to the statement oh, of claim. fuck. And demanded that she lie in the bed next to him afterward. Ah, oh, wow. That's uh, so bad for so many reasons. Yeah. The woman fell asleep and woke up in the early evening of December 9th, after which McGregor left the hotel with the woman's work colleague before returning, the lawsuit said. McGregor's friend gave her a drink. Her only memory thereafter is being in a taxi, and she said she was later told by the police that McGregor's friend said he had sex with her, but that she had no recollection of it and did not consent. Oh, wow. Boo. That's fucked up. Yeah, I mean, that is not cool. I didn't, you know, somehow, I did not hear that story. She was examined in a sexual assault treatment unit at a hospital after her mother called her an ambulance when she arrived home. According to the statement, bruising was found on most of her body and she had abrasions on her face, neck, and right breast. God almighty. Yeah, that's not normal, man. Yeah. Month, that's not even a lot of room for being like, oh. Like rough sex. It was, yeah, it was consensual and then she backed off. And I mean, that's just, the story itself is so specific and strange. About right. Three times. And I, I mean, again, I could see a coked out Conor McGregor. Rat, yeah, like, yeah, wanting yeah. to trust a rusty trombone and then picking her up, throwing her around a little bit and thinking she's okay with him having sex with her, but she's just so fucking freaked out. I don't even know if he cared if she was yeah. okay with it at that point. Jeez, man. A month later, the woman went to the police and reported that she had been raped. She has not been able to work since May of 2019 and describes a host of psychological and emotional problems because of the alleged attack. In January 2021, after prosecutors declined to prosecute McGregor for the 2018 alleged sexual assault, a civil claim for damages was launched in the high court, and it's still ongoing. Yep. Yep. So he, they dropped the, the criminal charges, but she's suing him. It's tough, man. That's what makes those cases so hard, I guess. Yep. But 
A few months later, on March 11, 2019, McGregor was arrested outside the Fountain Blue Hotel in Miami Beach, Florida, after he attacked a fan taking a picture with a cell phone. In an incident that was caught on CCTV, McGregor lunged to hit the man, grabbed his device, and smashed it on the ground with his feet. Subsequently, he was charged and arrested with strong-arm robbery and criminal mischief. Yeah, that seems interesting. This outbreak brought to you by... Cocaine. That's right. Also... I feel like that's uh, he should get in trouble for that. But what was the charge again? Uh, yeah, it was pretty hardcore. Uh, strong arm robbery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, strong long arm robbery. <laughs> Sir, he was like ten feet away from me, but he still yeah. got the phone out of my hand. He's like, you ever know. seen the Fantastic Four? It was like that. He just reached uh, ten feet across, found <laughs> blue pool, and just took my phone. I swear, I heard him say, "Go, go, Connor Arms." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the weird accent. McGregor was held in custody for several hours before being released on a $5,000 bond. News surfaced that McGregor was also facing a civil suit from the fan involved in the incident. The civil lawsuit against McGregor was dropped by the fan. On May 13th, it was revealed that criminal charges against McGregor had also been dropped after the accuser's attorney said his client had been made whole by McGregor in reference to an out-of-court settlement that was reached. Yeah. 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 This is some typical uh, TMZ shit. And sometimes I really don't blame the celebrity for getting mad, but you can't just smash a dude's phone like a maniac. Or yeah. You're going to have to pay. Yeah. 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 His next annex, I remember well and definitely didn't do him any good in the court of public opinion. It's fairly accepted to fight those your general age, but don't beat up old people, dude. This is the one that made me mad. Yeah. yeah. This is the one I've heard about. Conor McGregor uncorked a shot at the head of an elderly man in an Irish bar in a dispute over whiskey, Conor's whiskey, and there was a clear video showing the cheap shot. The left hand heard round Dublin, went down at the Marble Arch Pub in Dublin on April 6, 2019. I made that title up. <laughs> Connor walked in and lined up cups for bar patrons looking to buy a round of his proper number 12 for everyone. Problem started when the guy opted out politely. Connor placed in front of him not once but twice and he still refused. Unclear if words were exchanged between them, but after Connor downed a shot with the other drinkers, he unexpectedly threw his notorious left fist right in the face of an old man who rejected the booze. Two people immediately grabbed McGregor and pulled him out of the bar. Funny thing is, the old man he punched just shrugged it off and sat there looking at him getting drug out of the bar. It's so true. I've seen Big the security yeah. footage of it. I was just like, it. there's not even, again, there's no wiggle room for excuse there. Like no, there, I, there wasn't like, oh, this, the guy didn't, the guy so politely minding, minding was like, business. no, I'm good. Thank you very much. And then of course it, it sets it down and he's like, no, 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 for real. I'm, I'm okay. And then he just fucking slugs him. And this guy is so old. He looks like a caricature of an old Irishman with a little hat on. You know what I'm saying? You're like, I mean, come on. And he catches a left from Conor McGregor and just sits there. Yeah. Just took it. Boom. Yeah. And he just is like, hmm. And he kind of just looks over and McGregor's getting drug out of the bar. I'm like, man, this guy's tough. Yeah. He's probably pretty fucking drunk already. (laughs) That's what I was trying to tell him. He was like, honestly, I've had more than enough, sir. I will throw up on this fucking bar and I'm like 80, dude. Yeah, I'm getting real close. I've been drinking for like seven hours. Yeah. Past my bedtime. People were having to recant the story for him the next day. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, Connor totally punched you in the why? face. It was incredible, <laughs> man. Why does my face hurt? Yeah. <laughs> Not so much here yeah. or here. It's actually right in here. My neck hurts. It's all, I don't know what happened there. Charlie, you're all over the telly. <laughs> <laughs> you got in a fight? You got fucked up by a big boxer or something like that? Yeah, he punched it right in the head, bitch. <laughs> Randy, your score is too low. 
that person was definitely a giant asshole and you rated them like they were Justin Bieber. Wouldn't you like to tell us what you think? Well, now you can. Check us out on all our social media pages and tell us what you think about our scores, shows, and good looks. We'll love to hear what you have to think. Pucker up, buttercup. It's back to asshole court. McGregor was charged with assault and first appeared in court on October 11, 2019. The court heard that McGregor had 18 prior convictions from 2018 going back to 2009. The majority were for driving offenses, but he was given the Probation Act in 2009 when he was an apprentice plumber for an assault charge causing harm offense. On November 1st, McGregor pleaded guilty to the assault and was fined a whopping 1,000 euros. Oh, wow. (laughs) He punched that guy on camera. For like a dollar. Yeah, like that's, that's, what, true. that's, would, that's why could, I, he could walk around and he'd be like, dude, can I pay you a thousand bucks to punch you in the face? I'm going to fucking knock you out. I'd be like, mm, all right, I'd let him punch bu- me in the face. Conor McGregor, a full free punch, like a fucking blindside punch. It, no. it have to you be, better pay me 10. Maybe maybe in that same scenario, I have to be sitting down. So like, you know, You're like, better. Randy's neck is uh, the size of like a fucking Firestone tire. It can take that sort of damage. A guy like me, a little pencil neck, it's going to seriously rattle my brain. I would say no to that. Randy says yes. I would I would allow Randy to take that shot. And I would, what was it, you fight Tony Robbins? What were we talking about? Fighting Steven Seagal. Seagal. Yeah. Yeah. We need to line these things up, folks. Yeah, it's happened. Prior to UFC 257, Conor McGregor had promised he would donate $500,000 to opponent Dustin Poirier's charity foundation, the Good Fight Foundation. Later, Poirier claimed McGregor and his team had stopped responding to the foundation's emails regarding the donation. McGregor responded that he was awaiting details as to where the foundation would spend the money, which he claimed Poirier and his team had not made clear. Weeks later, it was revealed that McGregor had made a $500,000 donation to a different charity, the Boys and Girls Club of... Academia in Lafayette, Louisiana, where Poirier was born and raised. So okay. he did okay. pay, but just not to the exact one he said he would. In an altercation in which I was definitely pulling for him, McGregor got into a tiff with recording artist Machine Gun Kelly at the 2021 MTV Music Awards held at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York on September 12, 2021. Talk about a fucking pencil neck. Dude, Machine Gun <laughs> Kelly is an idiot, dude. I've, he's built to get knocked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, like a a bait dog for pit bulls. Yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true, man. He looks like fucking Slender Man with face tattoos. You're like, it ain't happening. Yeah, I didn't get it. After exchanging a few words, McGregor attempted to throw a punch at MGK, which did not land. Both were held back by guards and others who walked past the red carpet. McGregor was taken inside, and Machine Gun Kelly was taken off site to change his pants. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly was like, hold me back, dude. Hold me back. I want to fight this guy. Like, I want to fight a cage fighter. I, I totally just machine gunned my pants. Yeah, dude, yeah. Like, honestly, it's like, you're like, dude, you're about to get murdered twice, because Eminem murdered you on wax once, and now you're actually about to get physically murdered. No, Please stop. Yes. Machine Gun Kelly, nobody wants to see you I anymore. heard him and his girlfriend broke up, the hot one. What's her name? Oh, um... Yeah, from the Transformer yeah, movies. Megan Transform Kelly. Lady. Megan Fox. Yeah. Megan Fox. Yeah, Megan yeah. Fox. Megan Kelly's from Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, it works out. Yeah. Megan yeah. Kelly from Fox yeah. News. Yeah. It's funny how the brain works, right? No charges were filed and police were not involved, but the scuffle was widely reported in the media. And again, definitely pulling for Conor McGregor 
in that little fiasco. Yeah, I'm not pulling for Connor for much, but uh, yeah, yeah I'm definitely rooting for him over MGK. Better get that glitter knocked off your face, boy. <laughs> <laughs> On October 17th, 2021, let's see, what is that? Fucking not too long after he punched that, tried to punch that guy, McGregor allegedly assaulted Francesco Facanitti. Wait, fucking fucking idiot. <laughs> Francisco fucking idiot. <laughs> Randy literally like sweat is starting to beat up on his head. <laughs> Fuck, I practiced these names before I did this, man, like several times. And he hasn't been drinking at all. Not at all. Fucking Eddie. Francesco Facanetti. 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 <laughs> All right. Sorry, man. Keep going. <laughs> uh, this guy is an Italian musician and a TV presenter. So I assume he's like the Ryan Seacrest of Italy, right? And uh, they were in a nightclub in Rome, and he, he broke this motherfucker's nose in front of witnesses and bodyguards. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. A few days later. fucking nose. <laughs> <laughs> How am I supposed to do coke now? <laughs> Uh, a few days later, Facanetti filed charges against McGregor for the attack. Yeah. Uh, Facanetti. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Facanetti. <laughs> you broke my fucking nose. <laughs> He's Italian. And I don't know why I'm making him sound like that. It just sounds like so much more fun. Man, oh, God, I'm in tears. Yeah. Huh. All right. In January 2023, McGregor was accused of assaulting a 42-year-old woman aboard his yacht in Ibiza during his birthday party on July 22nd. As McGregor celebrated his birthday at an Ibiza club, the woman in attendance said McGregor invited her into the VIP area yeah. and then onto his yacht with McGregor's girlfriend and friends because he recognized her as someone he knew from his neighborhood in Dublin. The next morning, the woman alleged that McGregor got surprisingly aggressive and violent with her out of nowhere, punching her in the stomach and chin. <laughs> what? Lunging at her and threatening to drown her. The woman jumped into the water in, to escape and was rescued by a Red Cross boat. According to the story, the woman said she didn't accuse McGregor initially because she was in shock and had nothing to wear but her bikini, had no money or phone, and just wanted to return to her hotel in Ibiza as quickly as possible. It was as if he was possessed. I knew I had to leave that boat because I thought he was going to kill me, the woman told the police. He's a criminal. I think he would have killed me if I hadn't left the yacht. The woman also filed a civil suit against McGregor over the alleged incident. After making her formal statement, the woman's car was set ablaze outside her Dublin home. In February, a brick was reportedly thrown through the window of that same residence. Most recently, Connor had to shake off his biggest opponent and was okay after he was hit by a car while riding his bike in January 27th of 2023. <laughs> Wait, I just like to imagine Connor McGregor riding a bicycle, but he's actually pedaling with those fucking arms. <laughs> He's got his feet in yeah. there. Yeah. Up on the up, handlebars. On the handlebars, yeah, and he's riding it like ass in the air. Yeah. He's just like backwards. He's looking like yeah. through his legs. Yeah. yeah. Just that swagger. He's like. <laughs> so I practice my walk. <laughs> the 34-year-old UFC fighter shared footage from the scene to his Instagram account after his bicycle was struck by a vehicle on the road. McGregor explained to his 46 million followers that the driver who hit him was caught in a sun trap on the road. The driver couldn't see me, he wrote in the caption of his post. According to the athlete, the car went full speed straight through while driving on a small country road in Ireland. McGregor, who appeared to walk away from the incident without any major injuries, said his athleticism helped him during the scary moment. 
You have wrestling and judo also, he wrote, adding that having the awareness of the landing after he was struck is what saved his life. And I can actually kind of vouch for that a little bit. Sure. Um, back in my day, uh, playing football, you'd hit the ground a lot. You learn how to fall. Sure. Like yeah, even sure. now as an adult, like when we go skiing, mm-hmm. when I do fall, I try to land. Um, Except for that one time. <laughs> oh, dude. Like I said, I try to land in a in a in a good spot but yeah, yeah there's been a co- always couple times yeah. i didn't quite make it aged over. out a little bit on that one yeah. yeah you fuckers ever had frontal whiplash yeah, oh, yeah. that shit had me out for a, a minute yeah. we rode home with you with frontal whiplash yeah, yeah i that was the first run of the day and i went to the lodge and got completely hammered you and you did. guys had to drive like five hours with me you home. spilled an entire 64 <laughs> ounce cup of tea in in your own seat, which I knew was going to happen, because I told you, Mikey, I was like, I was like, don't you had it, this man was so drunk, he wasn't sure which restaurant we were at, and I'm not talking about <laughs> we were at a fucking like a Zaxby's or some shit, and he ordered the wrong thing, I paid for it, and then when we left, he filled a, uh, a basically a big gulp full of nothing but sweet tea and i'm talking about there was like no ice in it and it was like you know when you put so much tea, like liquid into something that the surface tension is the only thing holding the liquid at the top well he decided that i he knew better than me and he wasn't going to spill it in the car so while i went pissed when i walked out i came back out and he was coming back for napkins and he said I spilled my drink <laughs> and I came in there and there was legitimately like a child size, child size swimming pool of sweet tea in his front seat and his giant drunk ass is trying to wipe it down with what the equivalent of bar napkins is. End of story. I was in the back seat yeah, for all of this. That happened. Oh, for sure. God. To be fair, also, I don't want anybody to get the illusion. Nobody please get the illusion that Randy was driving. No. He was not. No. This was, was, the, this was sure. the passenger seat full yeah. of sweet tea that I fucking told him was going to happen. Dude, I swear there was like three inches of sweet tea on that floor. Like, There's a lot of It's time. okay. It's okay because at the end of the day, he took one for the team. He honestly should have gone to the hospital, but instead, he up. went full dad mode. He got drunk all day and watched this from the ski lodge. He was like, good job, dudes. Get a picture <laughs> <laughs> that absolutely happened uh, so uh yeah mcgregor thanked the driver for stopping and checking on him throughout the interaction and shared video footage of the aftermath including his beanie laying on the ground after the accident the vehicle's driver who told mcgregor his name is nick apologized multiple times to the mma fighter and drove him home along with his damaged bicycle i would have loved it if it had been that guy he had punched at the bar and he was like oh sorry about that i was, it was a sun trap i couldn't fucking see you i couldn't fucking see you there connor and then, yeah mcgregor doesn't recognize him but he's like oh let me walk up the hill the guy gets in his car yeah. and fucking yeah. flattens him fucker got you back now asshole there's nobody around to save you so, yeah, so we gave him a ride home, and Connor said, it's all good, man. All good. He filmed the conversation with Nick on the ride home. And that, boys, is Connor McGregor. Okay. All right. A lot in there I didn't know. Yeah. Wow. Not good stuff, really, either. No, it was all bad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty bad. Yeah. It's all pretty recent, too. Like, Yeah. I, I mean, you're seeing, I think years. you're seeing someone, like, yeah, that probably shouldn't have that amount of money. <laughs> you know, I mean, because yeah. it really is. I mean, honestly, like, we're talking about, like, a $1,000 fine. Like, yeah. that's, for, that's why, like, uh, when I explain to people, like, in countries like Sweden, 
it's a scale on like when you get how a speeding ticket. Yeah. yeah, how much you make. Yeah. And they're like, that's fucking crazy. I'm like, no, it's not at all. Yeah. No, it's not at all. Because if I'm worth a billion dollars and you're throwing me like a $500 ticket for doing a hundred in a fucking like a school zone, I'm gonna go that'd be yeah. shit. Yeah, I'm that'd gonna be yeah. shit to me. Yeah. You know? So I'm like, yeah, in those cases, they need to scale it up. I'm down with the Swedish model here. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Maybe that That's motherfucker right. will think twice about punching some 42-year-old bikini-laden lady in the fucking stomach before trying to attack her and fucking just to jump if, off to a Red Cross boat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah if he knows it's not going to cost him more than 25 bucks, you know. And, you know, he's never, like, been found guilty of, like, these major, like, the True. rape, the assault, like, and, you know, so we can't, you know, he's can't say, he's not a convicted rapist or convicted felon. He's not convicted. Any, any of that, you know. But I mean, like, even if you take just like the boat incident out or the yacht incident out, still, there's so much in his backlog, the hotel, that, you know, yeah. that will just. And you he's know. got a very long term partner. They're not married, but he's had the same girlfriend since 2008, I think. Mm-hmm. So they've been together. They got three kids together. Yeah. He just okay. hasn't married her. Yeah. Um, I don't. She, I think it's probably her. Maybe. <laughs> well, I I'm not know. marrying that asshole. Uh, well, I think like I can't remember, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know why it may not be her if she i'd marry him and take half his money <laughs> i would now and i'm not even gay <laughs> you know what i'm saying like there's no beat me up i guess right you know all right so i will bring up um i read an article early in his career when he was kind of this like up-and-coming irish mm-hmm. fighter that was well known in the country yeah. um before he had that beard and and goddamn that man needs that beard yeah <laughs> he looks <laughs> very smeagolish yes smeagolish uh, <laughs> is a good term but they were passing a lot of legislation in the Irish uh, legislator to about LGBTQ yeah. uh, rights. And he was sure. actually a big proponent of passing a lot of these oh, equal cool. rights. Wow. Yeah, he was a big voice okay. in favor okay. of passing a lot of that legislation. So that was hey, a big... that's a... Yeah. There you go. Take point a, deduction. Yeah, well, maybe you not know. a full point, maybe point yeah. ten. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The don't Russian know. judge disagrees. That's a, yes, yeah. correct. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so uh, I, I, I was kind of blown away that I didn't hear a lot of this stuff because yeah. I, I pay attention to combat sports and stuff like that. Honestly, I'll be honest. Uh, you know, with with him, every time I fucking see shit on him, I just tune out immediately because I'm just like, I don't know. It's so over the top. Yeah. So much of it is. Yeah, yeah and you know that a lot of it's just theatrics and yep. just trying to keep like him say, in he the knows how machine. To play the game. And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know. I know he's like the if you had a scale in terms of like talent but ability to sell fights, you have him at the top end. Yeah. And then you have Terrence Crawford at the other end, who literally couldn't sell me on one of his fights, and I know how good he is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, right. what's wrong with this man? He's like, I just don't like to talk at all, ever. I'm <laughs> ever like, about no, nothing. No, 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 yeah. But I'll beat your ass. I, yeah, he's a great fighter. I'm like, just, I don't know, do something yeah. instead of just stare and talk about Omaha. <laughs> I didn't, you know, it's, yeah, it's like always you about, went 311. Yeah, That's about it. Yeah. Literally, like, Nebraska, I'm like. And Peyton Manning. Yeah, nobody cares about omaha terrence um all right so let's get some final scores yeah i'm gonna run uh with his score is bumping way up because of rape allegations that seem plausible uh multiple assaults one of which i saw with my own fucking eyes uh which already factored into the uh, preliminary score because i i knew that one but i'm gonna bump him up to a 6.5 I feel like we haven't seen the worst of Conor McGregor yet. Ooh. Yeah, I, I would actually have to agree with that. I think that, you know, he's going to get to a point to where maybe we don't hear from him for a little bit, but something's going to come popping up in the news. And I kind of, I talked a little bit about that in the intro read where I, it may be up to him how he ends it, right? Like, yeah. He, like you said, he will probably find his way into something he can't get his way, he can't get yeah. out of, you know? Yeah. 
Exactly. So, yeah, it's yeah. possible. Although, man. Hopefully not, dude. Just take your couple hundred million dollars. And stop assaulting people. Yeah, yeah stop exactly. punching people. Especially women. Yeah. Especially women. In multiple ways. Yeah. Stop assaulting people and just enjoy your money, man. Your yeah. fighting career is pretty much over at this point. Right, aside yeah. from Aside from just like, you know, like it's the equivalent of... I don't know an '80s rock band doing a tour. Like, well, yeah, people will still watch, pay to watch you fight, but you're obviously not fighting at like an elite level really anymore. So, well, and two, like you have this much money in the bank, you want to try to prolong your life, not shorten it by getting punched in the head by someone that punches people in the head for a living. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Yeah, also, 100%. probably back off the cocaine a little bit. Some people can deal with it. Some people can't. You're going Tony Montana in the second <laughs> second uh, half of that VHS. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just throwing the face straight into uh, the back. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not not good. Yeah, so yeah, six point five for me. Yep. All right, buddy. What do you got? All right. So yeah, I was a little bit shocked to hear some of the things that we uncovered in the courtroom today. Um, you know, yeah, I hadn't heard anything about rape allegations or about the yacht incident back then. That's just recently. That's just yeah. like two months ago yeah. or like last month. Uh, we got hit by the car. It was January 2022, so a year ago. No, but I'm saying the boat incident with the yacht where he yeah. punched the girl. I think you said January of 23 on that. No, it was 22. As recently as July last July of last year, yep. this guy is punching people. Uh, to me, I don't know. Like out of everything that we went over today, I'm and not like saying that cleared. that didn't happen. You know, yeah. But that one sounds a little bit crazy. Out of everything, like all of a sudden, just in the like, he invites her to go partying, and in the morning, he just suddenly becomes aggressive and starts punching her, and she has to jump off the boat to. Yeah, sounds like that, he fucking woke up from a real rough night and decided to start his morning off with a sweet bowl of cocaine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a balanced part of this <laughs> nutritious <laughs> breakfast. So, but I mean, even with you taking that off of the uh, uh, off the docket, I mean. He beat down the old dude in the bar yep. because he wouldn't do a shot with him. He was uh, slapping the commish at his buddy's fight, yep. high on coke, scaling the ring. Allegedly. Uh, that's not even on tape? No, 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 no. allegedly high on, high on coke. coke. Oh, allegedly. Yeah. No, Mikey said it. It's for sure. <laughs> Factually. <laughs> he was throwing dollies at Khabib's tour bus and yeah. stuff like that. Paid the price for that. Yeah, he got in trouble for that one. <laughs> he got fucking yoked up, too. Yep. So, uh, yeah, no, um, this is, uh, yeah, I've, I actually like something that Mikey, uh, kind of referenced earlier on in the show and, and he said that, uh, it's kind of like if actual Rose was a fighter, yep. you know, cause, and that's just Conor McGregor right there. And I, I kind of liked that analogy. Yeah. Hand me that motherfucking truck lift. I'm throwing in your bus, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna, at the end of the day, I'm going to bump him up to actual Rose's score of a 6.92. All right. 6.92. For Buddy's final score. Randy. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Axel was at 6.92? Shit. Yeah. I feel bad for 6.5. I'll leave it. Go ahead. <laughs> Randy, take us home. All right. So, yep. Obviously, uh, you guys, I echo a lot of the same sentiments you had. He's a unique guy in the fact that, like I said, he kind of, I think, controls his own destiny at the end of the day. The check is cleared. The dude has his money. Like, most normal humans, I think, would... Take the money and like right off into the sunset. Exactly. Most but, normal humans would take that plumbing job, though. This is true too. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So most normal humans don't have hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, at their expense. So, uh, but yeah. So I knew a lot of the stuff before doing the research on the show about the bad shit. But a lot of the shit, like to your point, I didn't know about some of the rape stuff and the like beating up chicks and shit. So uh, I too bumped him. I had him at a six point eight as my final score. All right, okay. six point eight from Randy. Not way down here, six point five. 
All right. With a 6.5 from Mikey, a 6.92 from Buddy, and a 6.8 from Randy, Conor McGregor's final asshole score is a 6.74. All right, 6.74. Interesting score. Going to put him a shade below Cardi B, who came in at 6.83 and above our trio of Devil Worshippers, Anna Delvey, Anton LaVey, and Chevy Chase, who all came in at 6.66. But Cardi B did. Rob and drug dudes. So I feel a little bit better. Yeah. I do feel, I feel, I had to stick to my score because I didn't want to adjust. feel like maybe, feel, yeah, I came up just a little yeah, bit. But I'm going to leave it. This is, what, this is what we deal with. This one doesn't matter anymore because there's like 40,000 people on this board. Y'all can suck my ass. Well, it's funny too. As you look at the scale, I'm looking at Conor McGregor's final score. And according to us, he's uh, a little bit better of a person than Mama June from. Yeah. <laughs> Well, from whatever. She well, well, yeah. Mama June also allowed pedophiles into her into home with home. her kids. Yeah, That's right. that Don't was, feel too bad about yeah, that. Yeah, that nice. was rough. Awesome. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Asshole Court. As always, check us out on Patreon. It's p a t r e o n dot com slash a h c podcast. Got to put the full thing in there to find us. Uh, you've got alternate shows on there. Uh, we do polls, just like the reason we got this show subject was a poll we put on Patreon. And the show before it with Tony Robbins. Absolutely. So check it out. And uh, if you want to become part of the fart circle, join us. It's uh, the place to be. As always, be kind to one another. And we'll see you next time on Asshole Court. Yeah.